Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The gym cracks me up too, because you, you just have you ever like gone to the gym and you just you know watch people? It's like they're they're like walking by the mirror and every mirror you gotta check yourself. You know, every mirror you're like walk around. Everybody's checking themselves. And, and these guys are huge and, and they're big and they've got big, huge physical power. But just because you are strong in your flesh and physically does not mean that you're strong spiritually. See, that's why the Bible says exercise yourself unto godliness. And so often, you know, we exercise. I'm I'm in exercise. I think people need to be healthy. But we need to be sure that we're exercising ourselves unto godliness and exercising, working out that spiritual man. You see, this man had a lot of strength physically, but spiritually he was helpless. No one could help him. He was totally alone and totally exposed to the powers of hell. And then Mark tells us this man was roaming around the area night and day with no rest and he was screaming. He was so tormented he couldn't sleep. He was masochistic and cutting himself and trying to commit suicide. And Satan was trying to destroy this man. Satan is always trying to destroy Man. Why? Because the Bible says that man is made in the image of God. And because Satan hates God, Satan hates man and seeks to destroy man because he cannot destroy God. Seeks to destroy man because he knows that there's going to come a time in which God is going to destroy him. And so he tries to destroy man because we're made in the image of God. When the Bible talks about we're made in the image of God, it does not mean that we look like God because nobody has seen God at any time and lived. doesn't mean we look like God. We've got nose like God and hair like God and mouth like God and eyes like God. No. When the Bible talks about the image of God, the Bible is talking about God's love and God's compassion, and God's holiness, and God's nature. This is called the communicable attributes of God, which means what is true of God's nature is also true of man. And so Satan seeks to destroy and mar God's image, and he seeks to destroy man. And then in Mark chapter 5 again, and in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 8, verse 29, it tells us, when the demons saw Jesus, get this, afar off, they ran and worshipped him. Not out of praise and worship, but out of fear. And they said, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, you son of God? Did you get that? What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? In other words, demons have very orthodox faith. 
Demons believe and know and understand that Jesus is God. That's more than we can say for some people. The demons know. They believe. They know exactly who Christ is. Their faith is very orthodox. They believe that Jesus is God. And whenever Jesus is confronted, they acknowledge him as the son of God. Demons know exactly who Jesus is. One of my favorite chapters in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 19, is a great story. You ought to go read it sometime. But it talks about the seven sons of a Jewish priest by the name of Sceva. And these boys were messing around with demonology. Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, don't you dare mess around with demon stuff. I don't care what it is. Don't go near it. Don't call Sister Cleo on the psychic hotline. I don't even know. She's still on TV. She's a fraud. The, 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 the state of Florida. Oh, don't get me going on that. Don't, don't call Sister Cleo. Don't call. You got these guys. Have you noticed our culture is just gravitating to that which is evil and all this psychic stuff? We were sitting home the other day and, and this, another woman, she's very popular now. Montel just loves her. What's her name? Sylvia Brown. Yeah, don't watch her. But, uh... <laughs> Oh, and shall they just sit back and smugly cross their legs and talk about what God is going to do in 2004 and, and what the, what's going to happen, and they make all these predictions and all of these things. No Christian has any business ever, ever calling a psychic for anything, ever. Because I'll tell you something. You call a psychic, they probably will tell you something that they would have no way of knowing except something spiritual Hold it to them. There's the, that, is, that is true. I believe a lot of things they say is right. A lot of what they say is wrong, but many things they say is right. But just because they say something and predict something that is right does not mean they got it from God. They can get it from the devil too and from a demon spirit too. Christians don't go anywhere near because Satan tries to lure you and lure you and lure you. And before you know it, I'll tell you something, you'll be full on into demonology. You'll be into it. Now, God's going to deliver you if you're a born-again Christian. But I also believe if you're a born-again Christian, you won't be going near it because you're going to listen to my sermon and do what I'm telling you. Say amen. Don't go near it. You know why I say that? You know why I'm so passionate about that? Why, Rodney? Why? Why? Because the guy, get this, who led me to the Lord, I don't believe he was a Christian. Now, is that possible? It surely is. God's word is powerful. I don't care if it comes out of the mouth of a donkey. And don't y'all say a word, all right? Don't you say a word. Come out there. And, and this guy, he led me to the Lord. I prayed the sinner's prayer with this guy. I became a born-again Christian, January 23rd, a couple weeks of my spiritual birthday. And, and we went to Japan with the military. And I'll never forget, we had these cubicles. And uh, we were in like a, what do they call it, like a Quonset hut. And we had these cubicles and everybody had a little space. And one day I went over and I said to him, I said, hey, man, how you doing? I'm a new Christian. I'm fired up. I'm telling y'all, I was annoying. And uh, I, I, I was one of those Christians. I was crazy. I mean, you see me coming, you just run because I'm going to lay hands on you or something. I got to I gotta anoint you with something, throw something at you or something's got to happen. And uh, so I'd walk in, hey, man, how you doing? To his cubicle. 
And I saw a book on this thing about witchcraft. I'll never forget this, about witchcraft or demon something. And I said, hey, what you doing with this? Now I'm a new Christian. I've been a Christian probably a week, two weeks maybe, max. I mean, I'm like infantile, embryonic type Christian. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, and, and so I, but, 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 but I have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's teaching me and I'm learning. And so, and I'm trying to grow and the Holy Spirit's going to tell me when stuff's right, stuff's wrong. So I walked in, and I saw this book on his desk and I said, what is this? And he said, oh, it's about, you know, stuff, the demon stuff and witch stuff. And, you know, and I said, what are you doing with that? I said, I don't, I don't know. I've been on Christian like a week or something, but I don't think this is good. And, and you know, is that right? <laughs> you know, and, and, he, and he goes, well, you know, I'm just learning about this stuff because, you know, I need to know as I'm talking to other people. And I said, I don't think that's right, dude. Now, I wish I could have had some Bible verses because I would have read them to him, beat him over the head with the Bible, you know. But I was like, I don't think that's right. And, and, and it wasn't because I, we, we spent six months in Japan. And, and, and I'll never forget the day I saw him coming down the street, drunk, falling out. It was awful. And from that time forward, his life was awful. And I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. And that's why I'm trying to tell you, you cannot go near anything that is of an evil nature or anything else. You don't have to study all about what's going on with the witches and with the demons and all that. You don't need to know that. People come up to me, well, you know, I've got this situation in my life. I've got a Mormon family member. Rodney, what would you tell me? And all of these things. And, you know, I don't know a whole lot about any of that, to tell you the truth. I really don't, but I do know what this Bible says, and that's all I really need to know, because this is the truth. One guy said it yesterday at men's breakfast. He said, you know what? If you continue to handle the real thing, somebody give you a $20 bill, and you handle the real thing long enough, when somebody hands you a counterfeit, you'll be able to recognize it. Y'all can say amen there, because that's true. You don't need to know everything about everything. Stay away from that stuff. And these boys in Acts chapter 19, the seven sons of Sceva, they're messing around with demonology and using the name of Christ like it's magic. And they're saying, they're saying, we exercise you, speaking to demons. They're out on a missions trip or whatever. And they're speaking to demons saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Mistake number one. Whom Paul preaches. And the demon spoke back to them. Y'all need to read this. The demon is good. The demon spoke back to them and said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? And the demon jumped into those men, those boys, and they weren't Christians. Jumped into those boys and they went running off naked and started cutting themselves. Don't go near demonology. I don't want anything to do with Satan or demons. I don't go hunting them down. If God should bless, which has happened two times in my 22 years of being a Christian, then I'm going to pray and I'm going to, God's going to give me the grace to deal with that moment at that time. But I'm not going looking for demons. Not me. Not Rodney. I'm with the disciples, man. They took off. Jesus was like, <laughs> they're like, Jesus, you got that. Huh? <laughs> They're probably like, Jesus, we're going to be over here praying for you. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? No. You know, Greg Laurie, one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite all-time quotes, Greg Laurie said, when Satan comes knocking at my door, I say, Lord, would you get that? <laughs> Not me. No. So notice in verse 29, 
in your Bibles, they also, now demons knew that Jesus was the Son of God. Amen? And they also knew their days were numbered. Isn't that interesting? In verse 29, they said, Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? Did you see that? Before our time. In other words, Satan knows his days are numbered. And demons began to pray and they said, if you cast us out, Jesus, let us go into the swine. Now, in Mark chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said to the demons, what is your name? And they said, legion, for we are many. Now, a Roman legion of soldiers was 6,000 soldiers. It is very possible that this man had 6,000 demons in him. I mean, can you imagine him at the testimony service at church? Can you imagine? He stands up, you know, we used to go to testimony service at church. And you stand up and you say, give the honor to God who's the head of my life and love the Jesus and love everybody. And uh, I just want everybody to know that yesterday um, I had 6,000 demons in me. Like, ah, you probably you got one or two. You got to have a couple left, dude. I mean, what's up? They all just went away. Well, that's a lot. And it's very possible that this man was demon-possessed with 6,000 demons. And so the demons asked Jesus, they said, allow us to go into the pigs. And notice Jesus answered their prayer. He said, yes, sure. And the demon entered 2,000 pigs. Those demons entered 2,000 pigs in, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 5, which is, by the way, the first mention of deviled ham in the Bible. I'm sorry. What do you want to say? It's in the Bible. Y'all don't read your Bible. That's why you'll know it's in there. That's the problem. So the pigs, they ran over the cliff into the sea. Now, what I love about this is Jesus is in complete control of the demons. He isn't afraid of the demons. Demons are afraid of Jesus. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're going to pick up in verse 13. Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. If you're there, say amen. And at once, in verse 13, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, as I said. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, drowned in the sea. And so those who fed the swine, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that happened. And then they came to Jesus and they, verse 15, they saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine. And then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him. See, the demon-possessed man said, Lord, I want to be with you. I want to go where you go. And be with you, Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? This is great. And he said, I want to go with you, Lord. And Jesus said, no. This is what I want you to do. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he had compassion on you. 
And he departed, and he began to proclaim in Decapolis, that's the ten cities, all that Jesus had done for him, and all marvel. Notice that everyone in the city heard what happened, and they all came out to see. And they saw the man who was demon-possessed sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And the people asked Jesus to leave the area. Why would they do that? First of all, you want to note that when they asked Jesus to leave the area, Jesus left the area. In other words, Jesus will never stay where he is not welcomed. He will not stay around if you don't want him around. And so when they said, Jesus, leave the area, Jesus got in a boat and left the area. Now, why would they ask him to leave the area? Well, I think it's simple as this for two reasons. Number one, for economics. Economics? Yeah. Remember, these Jewish men, they were in a pig business. And Jesus was cutting into the profits. Jesus was messing up their business. And so for economic reasons, they're like, Jesus, leave the area. Secondly, I believe they asked Jesus to leave the area because they didn't want to face the issue of Jesus' power to change and transform a life. How many times have I seen this as a pastor? Someone gets saved. Some youth person or young person gives their life to Christ and God changes their life. They go home and tell their mom and their dad, hey, mom and dad, guess what? The best thing happened to me today. I gave my life to Jesus and I'm so excited and I'm not going to do drugs anymore and I'm not going to disrespect you anymore. And believe it or not, I am going to clean my room. And the mom and the dad and the family members, they get angry. How many times have... People gotten saved. Maybe you've gotten saved and gone and tell your friends, hey, I'm a Christian now. I'm not going to go to happy hour anymore because they ain't happy anyway. But, uh, but I'm not going to go to happy hour anymore because I'm a Christian now and I'm going to love Jesus and I'm going to serve the Lord and your friends get angry with you. And it's almost like, you know, you, you, they liked you better when you were walking in the flesh, doing drugs, not cleaning your room, going to happy hour. They liked you better when you were hanging with the homies. Versus, hey, now God has made a difference in my life. God has changed my life. You should be happy. Why aren't they happy? Because they have to confront the fact that it is this same Jesus who transformed this demon-possessed man's life. He wants to transform your life too. And you've got to be confronted with that. Now they got to face up to it. And rather than face up to it, they say, Jesus, leave the area. Because when Jesus transforms a person's life, they're new. They're a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, and all things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And this man was new. This is a radical change, a radical conversion in the life of this man. He was running around, and now he's sitting down and resting with peace. He was naked, and now he's clothed. He was insane, and now... He's in his right mind. Jesus has the power to do what man cannot do. Jesus can transform anyone. And he did with this man. And then the man said, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, no one cared for me. Jesus, no one would even come near me. They called in a 5150 on me, Jesus. 
but, but you didn't. You loved me. And the man said, Jesus, where you go, I want to be there. Lord, I want to go with you. Where are you going, Jesus? I want to go. Isn't that natural? It is natural to want to be where Jesus is. I mean, I first became a Christian, and even today, I first became a Christian, I wanted to be in church every time the doors opened. I, I wanted to go to church. I was wanted to be in church when the doors wasn't open. I'd just be standing out front, and the pastor show up. What you doing, Rodney? Waiting for the doors to open. Want to be in the house of the Lord. I went to every Bible study my pastor ever taught, all, ever taught, all week long, listening to tapes and Bible studies, going to church, going to prayer meetings, going to men's breakfast. I was doing everything. Why? Because I want everybody to see my face? No, because I want to be near Jesus. And I believe that if I get in the word of God and if I pray and if I give my life to Christ and every ounce and every fiber of who I am belongs to Jesus and I'm going to be near him. And so I want to be near him. And it's so real and it's so right and it's so normal to just want to be near Jesus. It is abnormal and not right and unreal when you meet a Christian and they don't ever want to go to church, they don't ever want to pray, they don't ever want to worship, don't ever want to do anything. That's not right. That's not normal. It, this is normal. This is, this is real Christianity. Jesus, where you go, I want to be there. Rodney wants to be there. And you should want to be there. This man wanted to be where Jesus was. And what, what happened? What did Jesus tell him? Jesus said, no, can't go with me now. I just wonder if Jesus said, you can't go with me now. But I'm going to prepare a place for you and where I go, you can't come right now. But someday you'll be with me. But not now. What you need to do now is go tell your friends and go tell your family members the great things that the Lord has done for you. He told this man, man, uh, um, demon-possessed man, whatever his name was, demon-possessed man, you just go and be a witness. You go and testify of my goodness. And this man went on to become a powerful evangelist because he evangelized the ten cities. We just read it. He went and told everyone of what God has done. This is awesome. You talk about a radical conversion. This is radical conversion. This man was a demon-possessed man. They couldn't control him. They couldn't, no one tried to help him. He was destitute and lost and naked and trying to commit suicide. And he couldn't even die. He couldn't die because God had a plan for his life. Maybe somebody's here this morning trying to commit suicide and you couldn't die. God's got a plan for your life. Don't commit suicide. That's Satan trying to destroy you. Don't do that. This man couldn't die because God had a plan for his life. And he went, to, he went to this man. He delivered this man. And he became an awesome, powerful evangelist. And you know what God did for this man? God can do for you. What God did for this man, God did for me. God did for me. I wasn't demon-possessed, but I was dead. I know I was dead. You know why? Because when I gave my life to Christ, I realized I, 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 realized I felt life. The day I became a Christian, I felt alive that moment. And then I realized I was dead. It was like when I was dead, I didn't know I was dead. 
in my trespasses and sins until God gave me life. And then I realized I was dead. So I am this man. And you are this man. And we all are this man. And just like this man, somewhere deep down in the spirit, through all the 6,000 demons, this man got to Jesus. His only hope. He got to Jesus. And Jesus touched him. Because Jesus will never, you listen, listen close. Jesus will never turn away those who come to him. Amen. Come with your 6,000 demons. And Jesus will never turn you away. And this is what I love about Jesus. And this is what I love about the gospel. The gospel message is come. The world's message is go. Jesus has come to me. Come to me. We used to sing a song. There's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he can do the same for you. Isn't that true? Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.